Welcome to the United States Southern Command Women, Peace, and Security Breaking Barriers podcast. In each episode, we will host guests from the Defense and Security Forces in Latin America and the Caribbean to share powerful stories and provide valuable insight of women breaking barriers in preventing conflict and building peace. Our goal is simple, to make the invisible visible. Our host is Ambassador Jean Maines, a career diplomat who has served as the U.S. Ambassador to the Republic of El Salvador and now serves as the Civilian Deputy to the Commander and Senior Foreign Policy Advisor at U.S. Southern Command. She also has full oversight of the U.S. Southern Command Women, Peace, and Security Program. So here's your host, Ambassador Maines. Welcome to our podcast, Breaking Barriers. It's terrific to have you with us today. And we're so privileged to have our guest, Lieutenant Commander Alma Pinello. She is the Acting Vice Commandant of the Belize Coast Guard. And she is one of two top ranking women in the Belize Defense Forces. She has an amazing career, including having graduated from the United States Coast Guard Academy And she began her career in 2008 as part of the Belize Defense Force. She's been a pioneer in Belize and really leading the way in women, peace and security strategy and implementation. So Lieutenant Commander Alma Pinello, welcome to our program. Thank you so much for having me. Well, let's get started. We'd love to hear a little bit about your career. What made you choose to go into the Belize Defense Force? And then what has been your path along the way? My career started as kind of just trying to find different avenues to get to my end goal, which was to get out of Belize and to go study abroad. Um, And I started looking for different avenues and different scholarship programs when I was um, doing my associate's level at a school called St. John's College. And here in Belize, we call it sixth form, but it's really for an associate's degree. And I just decided to joined this venture with the Belize Defense Force through my uncle, who is a retired lieutenant colonel. Um, and he gave me the idea and he's like, maybe you should try it out. I really see that it, it could be part of your future. You have certain traits that I think you would be good for. You would be a good fit. Um, and I decided to do what we call an officer cadet selection board. And it was two days and you do different command tasks. You do different academic tests, debates, public speaking, and you do a final interview. And I got selected to be a cadet while I was still going to school. And then I did a application process throughout to most of the U.S. service academies, except West Point, I believe, um, because the application period was already closed for West Point. And the only school that accepted me was the Coast Guard Academy. <laughs> It's a great school, so <laughs> they they made a good yes. selection. <laughs> oh, so that was very nerve wracking. How was your time at the Coast Guard, and what experience did you pick up there? At first, I was so nervous. I really didn't know what I was getting myself into, um, and it was like a blur. You know, when you think about your first days, I could barely remember certain aspects of it. I remember everyone yelling at me. I was like, "What am I doing?" <laughs> um, but After that, I was very uncomfortable being somewhere and I knew I was going to be away from home for a long period of time. Um, You don't really have that connection to to anybody, really. So after maybe my first semester, I started 
it was started really rough. My grades started falling. Um, I had never gotten anything below a 3.0. When I saw a 2.5 at mid-semester, I started freaking out. <laughs> um, but I started adjusting. I met my best friends that I still talk to today. Um, and it really changed me completely. I definitely gained some great experiences in working with the U.S. Coast Guard. Um, some of my fonder memories was getting stationed in Station San Juan, Puerto Rico for 12 weeks for my first year. Um, and it was really a experience that I don't think I would ever change, even if I didn't decide. I said, maybe if I do something outside of the military, I don't think I would change it at all. And when you came back after studying at the U.S. Coast Guard Academy, what, where did you go next? And what was that challenge? So when I came back, um, there's a, in our regulation, it says that we commission as lieutenant junior grade. So that was different for me to begin with, because I came back as an 02 and not as an 01. Um, and I came back to the Coast Guard um, here, the Belize Coast Guard in Belize City. Um, and I thought that I was going to be um, put to a deployed unit, but I was actually put as the Coast Guard adjutant, which is a staff position. So I came in as a very fresh, young in the terms of rank and age, I was 23 at the time to a very senior post. And it was another shock um, getting used to the Coast Guard that I knew really nothing about because I knew more of the U.S. Coast Guard than I did my own at that point. Um, so it was uh, it was another whirlwind, another shock and another kind of culture to get used to again. I had been away from Belize for four, for four years Um and it was definitely very difficult. Um, I knew absolutely no one here. And it was a learning process. But I was the only female officer at the time. Um, there was two other senior females in terms of enlisted, but they were both um, chiefs. So there, it was still not that dynamics. And I didn't even see them all the time. So I was surrounded by men almost 100% of the time. Um, so it was that was one of another part of my career challenges and leadership challenges that I didn't expect coming back from being at the Coast Guard Academy where we were already 20 percent female. So that is so interesting. And for our listeners, we're here with the acting vice commandant of the Coast Guard of Belize sharing her story and focus on women, peace and security going forward. When you got back from the U.S. Coast Guard Academy and then started your career and you look forward now 20 plus years in your career, what have been the changes that you've seen in the Belize Defense Force? We've been more consciously recruiting women. We did uh, officer credit selection for females only, so only women candidates. And we ended up getting uh, three successful uh, officer uh, candidates from that selection. So we've been a lot more gender focused. And I think that from the time that when I came in eight years ago, it was a change like night and day. Our command has been really doing an excellent job in, in being deliberate about recruiting women. You know, it's very interesting. I was going through the women, peace and security strategy for Belize that you just launched in 2020. And it's incredibly impressive the way that it's laid out. And one of the things that called my attention was that at the very front of it, it has the endorsement of the Minister of National Security. 
as well as the commandant of the Coast Guard, as well as the commander of the Belize Defense Force, as well as the police commissioner. So it really does get the entire leadership team bought in to why this matters and how it helps to improve security in Belize. So I'd be interested in your thoughts about that process of getting your leadership on board to take that really quite extraordinary step. It was a long time coming for us when we finally launched it September last year. Um, it really began from the Charge de Affairs from the U.S. Embassy at the time, Ms. Adrian Galanek, and she reached out to one of our my colleagues at the ministry now, Ms. Ria Rogers, and myself, and we had a conversation about women and these uh, un, quote unquote gender caps that our command had been talking about at the time where BDF will be no more than 5% women and the Coast Guard would be no more than 15% women. Um, but mind you, those gender caps don't exist in black and white. It was just something passed on from leadership to leadership and was very much so followed. Wow, so there was really almost a discussion about putting caps on women in, in certain functions? Yes. And that was obviously a red flag for Adrian. And she reached out to us and wanted to talk to us about it and how we can change that. And she reached out. She used her platform as the Charge de Affairs to our political leadership, our CEO and our minister to talk about that and to get their feel on what is going on. And from there, they were like, we don't know what you're talking about. It was like, well, and it stemmed from from that one conversation to then the talks about developing a woman peace and security policy at the time, then it turned into an agenda. Um, and I, that was really that catalyst that started this whole venture that we're on. And if it wasn't for those conversations, I don't think we'd be here right now because that gave us that push that we needed for us to go to other conferences and connect with other women in peace and security. That is really fascinating to hear, and I'm definitely going to reach out to the former Charge and let her know that her work lives on and that it was a catalyst for the conversation that we're having today, and more importantly, the substantive changes that are happening in the Belize Defense Force. We're here with Lieutenant Commander Alma Pinello, the Acting Vice Commandant of the Coast Guard of Belize, and discussing women, peace, and security. So I'd be interested in what are the next steps? for women, peace and security in, in the Belize Defense Force? And what are the next steps implementing this really robust agenda that you've outlined in your strategy? For now, we've been working with some um, consultants with the more, I would say, sensitive and upfront issues with WPS talking about sexual harassment and assaults. Um, we've decided to take that aspect of the agenda head on at first to develop a sexual harassment and response program for the security forces. And as to, although at this present moment, the police is no longer under our ministry, we are still including them in our policy because it affects all security forces. And for Belize, that is the Belize Coast Guard, the Belize Defense Force, and the Belize Police Department. So we're doing that with consultants and we're almost at the end from where we could have a sexual harassment and assault prevention program. It is a joint response program. Uh, we had a validation workshop last week, Friday, 
and um, looking at how different militaries have done it. And we we try to mirror what the U.S. does. Um, parts of the response program, having advocates, training advocates, putting it as a part of our promotional courses, doing um, yearly um, trainings and ensuring that the education and information campaign portion of it is actually reaching to the sailors and soldiers and police officers and that they understand why we are doing what we're doing to be able to change that mindset and to create a more safer environment for men and women. And in your strategy, you reference doing away with improper traditions or practices that limit the recruitment and promotion advancement of women. Can you walk us through that? What what did you find and what have you already taken action to take out of practice? So what we've been doing is we've been looking at the, the culture and the society aspects of how men look at women where they're not in a stereotypically known occupation. Women in the military is very much um, not normal and not, is very unusual here in Belize. And we wanted to take that part away by more education and more information campaigns in sensitizing the security forces on a whole to be able to have a perspective change. And if you saw that was one of our pillars where that is what will generate change altogether to allow for more participation and for allow justice and equity, but without the perspective change on a whole, we can't achieve that if the mindsets of everyone involved top down, that it doesn't change from ensuring that when we place a woman on a patrol, that the women are going everywhere and not just where we believe that they will be best suited. We need to change our infrastructure because there are some bases, for example, that don't have separate sleeping quarters. So we can't send women there anyways. And that is just so we do not put them in a position where they can be sexually harassed or assaulted. Um, so we have to change the entire structure of policy and of hardware in terms of how our buildings and our forward operating bases are built to ensure that we build consciously to include women, that we buy consciously to include women. Um, in order to make a change, we need to go big. Well, we share your objective to lifting up women and showcasing women like yourself who are in these leadership roles across the security and defense structure. And looking at the way forward, where do you see Belize headed? And what are the objectives in implementation? And what is the resistance that still exists within Belize? When it comes to to the resistance, I'll start with that. It's still that, that perspective of we have some very, you know, feminist men, but there are very few of them. Uh, we had a our first annual um, women's symposium um, was a women's leadership symposium that we did for um, Women's Month. At the culmination of our Women's Month activities, we had a symposium. And getting men to participate was extremely difficult. Um, we had to force the participation. And even so, it was not at the level that I expected it. Um, in order for the entire perspective to change, you need your leaders to be able to, to forward that change or to forward that charge. And if it's only the women speaking, 
then it might not be as powerful. And that's just the reality of it. So I think although we might have the political buy-in, the the more the men are vocal, even though it is is more, I don't want to call it a woman's problem, but it is that gender issue, but it's more focused on the women. But if we would have more of that men buy-in, we would have less resistance. It's funny that you mentioned that because, you know, when we first launched Women, Peace and Security, we were having a symposium of all women. And I looked around and we have a phrase here that we use that you're almost preaching to the converted. Yes. You know, the people that to hear the message were not in the room to your point where you need more, frankly, male advocates leading the charge on this very issue. And you need you need venues where it's both men and women talking about the important progress that needs to be made in terms of improving security and the important role of women improving security. For sure. The, the male advocates is what's required to, to change the perspective. When you think of your career, can you recall an example or two of when you knew this is the right career for me because you had such an impactful moment maybe on another person's life or just in general pride being in the Belize Defense Force. Can you share that with our listeners? I would definitely say it wasn't at the beginning. Um, I think after I made lieutenant, I also had a, a, a bond contract of six years, but I finished that off in 2018 and I could have left if I wanted to. I had no debt to the government, so I could have left if I wanted. And that was always the question that my friends and my family would ask. Are you going to leave after your six years? And six years came and went, and I had never thought about leaving. And to me, one of the most, I guess, rewarding and and the reasons that I think I'm still here is that because I don't want to let anybody down because I know what I'm doing is good. Um, I want change. There's so much that this Coast Guard can be. We're so young. It, we're only 15 years in, in full existence after um, it became the Belize Coast Guard. So 15 years is nothing in comparison to the rest um, of, of other Coast Guards and, and militaries. And the respect that I get from men and women in the Coast Guard and the, the compliments and the level of care that is there for me as a leader, I think, is one of my most proudest moments as a person where I could say that I have impacted people's lives just for the mere fact that they would say, I wouldn't be here if it weren't for you. And what would you say to, frankly, young women who are thinking of taking this, you know, path less traveled of joining the Belize Defense Force, potentially joining the Coast Guard? What do you say to them about the possibilities, career choices, and the rewarding career that you've already had? I think that it is one that isn't looked at enough and and it's not on their radar enough. Uh, We do career days and we do visit schools, but my biggest message to, to them would be to step out of their comfort zones and to know that at in the Belize Coast Guard, you can do whatever you want. If you want to be an admin, a cook, an engineer, you want to drive boats, you want to be a navigator, you just want to be a part of something bigger than yourself, then for sure, this is available to you. And the 
career and academic and technical resources here are definitely so much greater than I would think anywhere else because we're still developing and we have the ability to give so much more attention to each one of our sailors as an individual. We are a lot smaller. We are 500 plus and we are able to to really concentrate on each person's career as an individual and where they see themselves in the next 5, 10, 20 years. And I could say that from my current commandant, Captain Bennett, he, throughout my entire career, he's always asked me, you know, where do you see yourself? And there's like, this is how I see you, but where do you see you? How do you fit in? And I don't think in, in larger organizations, you can have those really in-depth conversations with each of your subordinates. And I think that's very special that we have. Um, and the opportunities just keep increasing. Um, within the last decade, our outreach um, to other partner nations has increased from just the US and maybe Mexico to now the UK, um, Guyana, Jamaica, all over the Caribbean, Colombia, Honduras. It's We're really getting to a different audience and and reaching out to our partner nations that we've done in less than a decade. And I think that that really speaks to to what then you as an individual can can look forward to as a career. Well, thank you, Lieutenant Commander Alma Pinello, the acting vice commandant, the Coast Guard of Belize. Belize is really moving forward in terms of incorporating women, peace and security, leading the way in the region as well as in their own country. And one final question for you, as you think about gender perspectives in the defense and security forces, how do you think each individual can be involved in making the invisible more visible? I think that every individual should be able and shouldn't be afraid to voice opinions and to speak with a sense of confidence of, of their own stories and being able to have the the confidence from command that they are being listened to as well. Um, if I didn't have the courage to stand up for everyone else and for, for myself, I don't think we would be here. I think it's important that we constantly have those conversations about why we aren't where we need to be yet. And I always laugh and I joke that I'm like a broken record and then I keep saying the same things over and over. But it's always going to be that with me because I will never stop saying what I believe in. And I think if more of us men and women do that, then we can achieve that, making the invisible visible. Well, some people say it's a broken record, but others would say you're being consistent in your leadership. That too. That too. <laughs> well, it's been wonderful having you on the Breaking Barriers podcast. And again, congratulations to you. Congratulations to Belize and your leadership in the women, peace and security area. We can't wait to see what's what's next for you in your career. Thank you so much for having me. It was a pleasure and we'll be in touch, of course. Perfect. Thank you. Thank you very much for listening to the Women, Peace and Security Breaking Barriers podcast. We hope that you will join us next episode as we share new stories and continue to make the invisible visible. This podcast is a production of the U.S. Southern Command's Women, Peace, and Security Program and the Florida International University Stephen Cruz Institute for Science, Media, and Technology. 
The views, thoughts, and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the participants and do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of the U.S. Southern Command or the Stephen Cruz Institute. The hosts, guests, and WPS team members receive no financial benefits for participating in this podcast. To learn more about our Women, Peace, and Security program, please visit southcom.mil and look under Lines of Effort.